Good evening. Today's daf is Yuma Daf Yedal on the Mishnah. Yedal Raman about 12 lines in from the top of the page. So, this is the second Mishnah of the Masechta. So, on Daf Yedal, we meet the second Mishnah. The first Mishnah, which he spent a lot of time on, two weeks. Seven days before Yom Kippur, Mafrishin Kain Gadami Beis, and Lishkasparhajan. We got into why seven days. Where is this learned out from? From the Miluim, from Aishurabeno, keeping away from Tuma. Made another Kain. And instead, just in case, Shemayir by Psul, and Machlekes, should we set aside another wife for him? That was the first Mishnah. Comes along the second Mishnah, the second Mishnah discusses what does the Kaingala do for these seven days? Just binge watching, what does he do? For seven days, he's sitting around. So the Gemara says like this, the Mishnah says like this, Kol Sheva Sayyamim, all seven days before Yom Kippur, who Zayrik Esadam? He would sprinkle the blood of the carbon Tamid every single day. Now keep in mind, the Mishnayas were written towards the end of Bayez Shani, and at that point already, it was very important that the Kayin Gadol actually knew what he was doing. It was a, the rookie season 300 times in a row for the Kayin Gadol, because they had 300 Kahanim Gadolim over the course of you know, 420 years. So very often, this guy just, just, uh, just started the job. So we want to get him accustomed to doing some of that, and that's going to be a theme of this parak. Kol Shiva Sayamim, all seven days, who Zarek has Adam, he sprinkles the dam of the carbon tamid twice a day. Umak Tiris, he brings the Kitiris, Umaitivas and Neroys, he cleans the leftover wicks, ashes that are in the in the, the Menaira, in the in the candle holders. Umakravesarosh, it's not a holder, it's in the Menaira itself. Umakravesarosh has a regal. He would offer the Rosh and Regal of the carbon tamid in the morning and in the evening. Once again, to accustom himself and prepare himself for Yom Kippur. That is, these, that is during these seven days. What about Ushar Kal Yamim? All the rest of the time. During the year. What, what do we do? So Imrat Hakriv, the kind of decides, you know what, I want to serve today in the base of Mitosh. Makriv. He's allowed to bring the bring the carbon. Shekain Gadol Makriv Chelik Parosh. The Kain Gadol has the ability to be Makriv. He could he could uh, he could do the Avoda. Venoita Chelik Parosh. He could take the first uh, if he wants to take the portion the Kain's portion. He has the right to take it himself. Yeah. So there's an interesting halacha uh, lemaisa on this. So the Ramah. Let's put it down on the back over here. Just saw it a second ago. The Ramah and Hilchas Prismila. He says that there is a minog that a person should only, you know, be a san. There was a minog to be a sandik once, and you shouldn't, uh, you shouldn't uh, take sandik, uh, you know, often. So there are those that, that discuss what exactly does this mean. So someone it means that he shouldn't take to be a sandik twice in one day or two of the same children. You have to look there what exactly it means. So the Nod Buddha says. I have a riot that this is not true. The minute is not like that because every rabbi is uh, the, the Rav Kavua, he's a Sandik every single day. Let's say they had two person that day, he's a Sandik, both person. The, the Rava ear was the Sandik all the time. So you see, we're not Makbid for this thing. Now, where's this coming from? Because here, we're going to see in this and later in the parak that there was some type of Segula with the Katiris and they would not allow people to get to double dip on the Katiris. That you would, they would try to get a coin who never bought the guitarist before. It was a skula. So some say, some of the mafarshim say, that being a sandik has that same type of segula. So however, the Chassam Sefer brings a right from our mission. The Chassam Sefer says that we see coin gadol is makrev chelik baraish. He's able to take whatever he wants. He can bring the guitarist any day he wants. 
So the Rav Ha'ir has the status of a Kohen Gadol, and if he wants, he could take, he could be the Sandik whenever he wants. So that's just an interesting halach uh, lamaisa from this Mishnah. Okay. Mishnah seemed very simple at first glance. Let the Kohen Gadol do that Vaidya throughout the seven days. What about the rest of the year? Doesn't have to. He could sit around, he could watch, he could learn, he could do whatever he wants. But if he, wa- if he, if he wants, he's able to take the Avaida, he's able to do to the Avaida or take meat first. But the Gemara says, not so fast. Mantana, who's the Tana of our Mishnah that says the Kain Gadol is actually doing the Avaida all seven days? Amr Avchista Rabbi Akiva. It is not with the opinion of Rabbi Akiva. Why not? So the Mishnah doesn't, the Gemara doesn't explain the background to this, but we learned previously in the first 13th half that the seven days before the Kohen Gadol went into, going into Yom Kippur, there was a Zrika. He was, they sprinkled Dam on him every single, sorry, sprinkled the Mechatas on him every single day, just in case he was Tamemes. We had a whole math breakdown a few, a few days ago. How was it day three, day seven? Not on Shabbos, not on day four really, but basically, he was getting mechata sprinkled in him every single day. Rabbi Kiva has a, has a shita that holds that if you're tahar and someone sprinkles mechatas on you, which is the water that was mixed with the ashes of the paraduma, which a tame mace needs in order to become tahar, if you are already tahar, now you're tame. By them sprinkling the water on you, you have now become tame. And the question is going to be if you became tame, how is he doing avoida? That's the Gemara's kasha. So let's see it inside. Montana. Amr Avchista delight Rabbi Kiva. Di Rabbi Kiva. Amr Rabbi Kiva holds tahar shenafla lav hazah. If the sprinkling of the mechatas, the water which has the eifer par in it, was sprinkled on someone who was tar, he didn't need it. Timatu. It makes him tame, and he has to go to the mikvah. He has to wait until Harav, He has to wait until of shemesh. Then then he could do the avoda. So hechi avodah avoda. How could the kohen gadol be doing the avoda if he needed to get sprinkled on every single day? So the Gemara says to Tanya, where do we see this machlekes, Rabbi Kiva? So the Tanya went to Nebaisa. It says like this. It says in Pashas Chukas, Vihiza ha-tahar al And the tar fellow sprinkles on the tame guy. The Pasuk says, So why does it say, Vihiza ha-tahar al It should have just said, Vihiza ha-tahar al on him. Why al on the tame guy? So it comes along, Rabbi Kiva, al Tar, if you sprinkle it on someone who's Tameh, now, now this guy's Tar. But Val HaTar, when you sprinkle it on someone who's Tar, Tameh becomes Tameh. Why? We're not sure. But that is the Xeris HaKasaf. Divrei Rabbi Akiva. No, it's not what Al HaTameh is coming to teach me. Eina Dvarim Halalu Amurim. These words were said. Ela B'Dvarim HaMakabim Tameh. That there's something to do with the... When you sprinkle it, when you sprinkle the mechatos, you have to sprinkle it on something that's mechabotum. Now, what in the world is going on here? So, Rabbi Kiva's opinion is very simple. Rabbi Kiva says, without getting any reasoning, he says, the pasuk, there was an extra word in the pasuk. The pasuk says, Vihiza atar alatame. It should have said, Vihiza atar alav. Why alatame? So, Rabbi Kiva learns, very simple, only a tame guy becomes tar, but a tar guy would actually become tame by getting the, the hazah on him. The Cham say it has nothing to do with Tar, Tame, nothing to do with that. Something else going on here. The Cham hold, this is a sugya in Mesechtas Para, in the Mishnayis, that, if you look at uh, Rashi, Rashi over here, of a Cham he goes through this, that 
when you, when you, you did a malacha, you did work, similar to the paraduma. Let's say you use the, the cow and you plow the field with the cow. You passel the paraduma. Additionally, not exactly the same halacha, but similarly, if you took the water and you used it for something that's not hazah, you're not sprinkling on anyone, so then you ruin the water, that's called the malacha. You did a malacha with that water, not the lama test malachas, but you did a malacha with that water, you did activity with it, and it can no longer use whatever's in your hand to sprinkle, it's, it's no longer fit for the mechatas. How do we define sprinkling? If I throw it in the air, is that called sprinkling? So if I sprinkle it on something that's mechabal then that's called hazah. I sprinkled it. So I didn't do a malacha with this mechatas. If I sprinkle it on something that's not makabotoma, for example, an animal, you sprinkle it on an animal, then I did work with this water. I can no longer use what's in my hand for the, for the mechatas. So the Bryce is going to explain it. I just want to give you the background information so we don't get lost. So Mahi, what, is the, what are the Chams saying? So let's see the Mishnah and Parah. Because it's time. Let's see the Mishnah. Again, there's a Masechta called Masechta's Parah, which deals with the Paraduma. So the way the process was, you would take the Ezev, the Ezev was this branch, you would dip it into the Mechatas, the water that has, that contains the ashes of the Paraduma, you, you dip in the, the Ezev, I don't know, I don't know pronounce the English word, but you have Ezev, okay? And then you would sprinkle it onto the fellow who's Tommy Mace. That was the classic way to do it. Let's say this guy had another thing in mind. Niskabin lahazes alabehima. He wanted to spritz his animal. Why? I don't know. He wanted. He had kavana to spritz his animal, but he has no aim. Vihizala adam. He ended up sprinkling on someone who's tame. So, what happened here? His kavana was a bad kavana. He didn't have kavana to be metahir, the person who was tame. So it's not going to work. He, the person who's tame still needs another uh, sprinkling. But did he ruin? the contents in his hand by performing an avaida? Their answer is no, because he missed. Instead of sprinkling on an animal, he sprinkled it on a person. A person is mekabotum when he's tummy, right? So he didn't ruin what's in his hand. So with that being said, if he still has some water left on the azoiv, so just repeat, and sprinkle it on the guy who's tummy. With proper kavana, right? Because originally it was done without kavana. Now, what if niskavin? Without getting to the next part of the brisa, Mishnah. What if he actually did sprinkle it on the animal? What would happen to what's in his hand? That water was now used for an avoda that wasn't defined as haza of sprinkling. That's called a malacha. You used it for a non-paraduma purpose. You ruined what's in your hand. You have to go dip in, back into the bucket, before getting someone else tar. Because that water that's in your hand is worthless. Because you've now did a mulacha with it, and you passled it. Okay, so let's see the next part of the Mishnah. You had in mind. You were, you were about to do the Avaita. You were, you were going to do it on, on a person. Again, this guy has no aim. And you got the dog wet. Okay? If there's still, even if, even if there's still water left on the Azov, la yishne, doesn't help. You can't repeat and just sprinkle it on the fellow because now the water that you have is pasal because you did a malacha with it. 
That was non-hazamalacha. And therefore, you need to get new water to sprinkle on the fellow who's tame. So far, so good. Now, we're not done yet. My time at Rabbi Kiva, why does Rabbi Kiva hold that there's an extra word here? So he says like this, very simple. The Torah should have said, Why does the Torah tell me you sprinkle it on the fellow that's Tame? It makes a Tame person Tar and a Tar person Tame. That's what we said earlier. Rabbanan who argue, what are they getting from this Pasuk? Hi, this extra Pasuk is Litvarma it's teaching me that only things that are makabal tumah, right, vihiza al when you sprinkle it, what's called sprinkling and not an issue of, you, of doing it, for, doing a malacha with it, that's when I'm hiza al A person, if I sprinkle it on an animal, animal's not tummy when it's alive, it's a problem, right? So that's how they know their halacha. What about this halacha of halacha to tell me that when I sprinkle mechatas on someone who's tar, I made him tummy? It's not true. It's a kavachaymer that he's not tame. Im tame tar. If when you sprinkle the mechatas on someone who's tame mace, it makes him tar. Alatar like koshkein. If I sprinkle it on someone who's tar, it's going to make him worse. Of course, it's going to make him tar. It's not going to make him worse. Imagine going to the mikvah. If, you, if you're tame, it makes you tar. If you're tar, it makes you tar. What are you talking about? If the mikvah can make someone who's tame tar, it can make someone who's tar tame. Doesn't make any sense. That was. The Chachamim's opinion. So the Gemara says, so what's the Rabbi Kiva? How does Rabbi Kiva hold that when I sprinkle the Mechatas on someone who's, who's tar, it makes him tummy, and now we have a kasha about the, the Kayin Gado. Rabbi Kiva, what's going on here? So the Gemara says, Rabbi Kiva responds, Hanan took Amar Shleimah, Shlomah Melech, and Kahelas says, Amarti Echkema, Virachakimimani, and we know that's referring to this Paraduma. And when he was saying, I, I don't understand it, he was referring to this that you could sprinkle it on someone who's tar, and you made him tame by sprinkling the, the mechatas. I don't understand it, but I know it's true, because Shlomo Melech was bothered by this very point. The Rabbanan, the Rabbanan said like this, that pasuk in Kehelas, which Shlomo Melech is saying, that's not talking about this halacha, that's for something else. That we know, someone who has the mechatas sprinkled on him, and the fellow who who is sprinkling the mechatas, they're both tahar. But vinagerban, someone simply touches it, tame. he's tame. So that was Shlomo HaMalach's question. How could this thing make people tar, yet someone who touches it, Nagia, not getting sprinkled on it, but he actually touches it, he becomes tame. Okay. So the Gemara says, vimazetar, the guy who sprinkles the mechatas, the, the, I mean the kayin who sprinkles it, Tar, he's still tar. Vaksir, the pasuk says, "Umaze mehanida, the one who sprinkles the water of nida, which means the mechatas, yichabes begada, he has to wash his clothing." Now we know in the Torah it tells me yichabes begada doesn't mean he has to do laundry. It means your clothing are tame. So you see, the guy who sprinkles it is tame. So what? What are the Chum saying? So my maze. So the Gemara says, you know what? Maze doesn't mean sprinkling. It means nagea. It means touching it. So the Gemara says, okay, you want to tell me if I see the word maze, it might mean touching? Fine. But the Torah says in that Pasuk, Nagea. Voksiv, the Pasuk says, Nagea. It says, Vehanagea, Vemeanida, Yitmada Arev. So obviously, the first part of the Pasuk, Maze, is not referring to touching it, because the Torah 
explicitly said Nagea at the end of the Pasuk. Va'oid, Mazeh Ba'i Kibos Begadim. The Torah said by someone who sprinkles the Menida, Yechabes Begadim, which means not only is he Tameh, his clothing are Tameh. But Nagea, Loi Ba'i Kibos Begadim, all it says is Yitmada Arif, he himself is Tameh. So the Gemara says, we're stuck. Elomai, what does Mazeh mean? It can't mean touching it because touching is already explicitly said. It means, Naisei, someone who carries the Mechatas. He becomes tame and he makes his clothing tame. But the one who sprinkles the, the mechatas, he's not tame. So the says, really? That maza means carrying? Let the Torah just write, the guy who carries the mechatas is tame. So the Gemara says, my time except maza, hakamash mulon, divayinan shir haza, that in order to, be, that, uh, that in order to um, become tame, when you carry the mechatas, you have to have carried, let's go back to Hilcha Shabbos, right? When you carry something on Shabbos, it has to be the sheer of carrying, right? Torvius of wine, uh, and Gregaris of, uh, of food. When it comes to ca- uh, carrying the mechatos, the sheer of mechatos. What's the sheer of mechatos? We'll see in a second. So, honey, that the sprinkling needs a sheer. Fine, you could say the same sheer the sprinkling needs, so to uh, the one who carries it. Ella. The one who holds hazar does not need a shear. There's no minimum shear of hazar. Anything that any any moisture that gets on him, it's already considered tar. So Michael Neymar. So the Gemara says, no. You don't need. There's no minimum shear of how much water, how much mechatas has to be sprinkled on the one who's tummy. That's how wet the fellow got. In your pail, in your keli, el keli, right? In your keli that you're you're mixing this thing in, there has to be some type of shear. Tzricha shear. That definitely needs a shear. How much gets on the, the fellow who's tummy? That's a machlekes. If we need, if there's a shear or not. But everyone agrees that when you're dipping the azov in, that cup needs to have a minimum amount. So how could he be maza without carrying? How could he be maza? It's like lifted up to be maza. I think it means someone who's not doing the maza. Yeah, I thought. The Maza guy is exempt from no One second. Yeah, when you're doing it, look at Taisus. Taisus says that. Taisus says it. Um, somewhere. He says it in here somewhere. But, um, but the point is, you're being Maza, you're carrying it without the purpose of Hazah. It's a similar concept where you're not doing the avoid, you're doing something else, you're just touching it, you're, you're playing with it. What are you doing with it? Okay, let's go back. Everyone agrees there is a minimum shear of how much mechatas needs to be in the cup. So on that shear, when you're carrying it, in order for you to become tummy, it has to have that, that side. Now what is this shear? It's not learned from the shear, in, in, the, in the Mishnah. Kama yehebahen, how much, of the, of, how much content of mechatas needs to be in this keli, v'yehekadeh hazah, so the Gemara says, the Mishnah says, Kadeshi that you need to be able to put in the tips of the stems of your uh, azov, and it will get wet, and you're able to sprinkle. Meaning you don't have to, you know, like the, the last guy who gets challenged, he has to scrape off the crockpot. Well, if you have to do that, that's not considered enough. It has to be that you simply dip it in, and now you could sprinkle. You have enough water on the azov to sprinkle. Okay. Let's just go back to the question. The question was, now that we learned Rabbi Kiva Shita, we learned uh, a lot of paraduma business, very simple question. According to Rabbi Kiva, the fellow who, if you're tar 
and they sprinkle mechatas on you, you are tummy the rest of the day. The Chum might argue, but Rabbi Kiva clearly holds you tummy the rest of the day. So how could we have a kain gadol seven days before Yom Kippur? Be busy with all this avayda. He's getting mechatos sprinkled in every single day. That's part of the schedule. So he is always going to be tameh, according to Rabbi Kiva. So masnis in deloy ki Rabbi Akiva. That was the Gemara's kasha. Long kasha, but that's the Gemara's kasha. Comes along the Gemara. The Gemara says, "Bayam, what are you talking about? A few with Rabbi Kiva. I have a great idea. You have a scheduling issue. Not a problem, right? The avid avayda kuliyama. Let him do avayda the entire day." Let him get the sprinkle of Paraduma at 5.30 in the afternoon. And then he'll have Shemesh till 7 o'clock. And he's good to go. But you're not tummy the next day. You only tummy that day that you got the mechat, the sprinkle on you. Very simple. Towards the evening, get the mechat, go to the mikvah. And there is no problem. But we were able to learn a lot about Paraduma, so it was worth the cash, right? What? Isn't there a problem with him like t- intentionally getting tame? I mean, we try to. He knows that he's going to get sprinkled. He's tower, and it's going to make him tame. Why can't he get tame? I don't know. We, he, we're so careful. Tomas Nays, Tomas Nida, but as long as it's a, it's a one, it's a hair of Shemesh Tumma, we don't really care. Okay. Next. Then the Mishnah said, Umak So we're going through the order of what he does. On, that, on those days. So he brings the guitarist and he cleans out the nearest. So the Gemara, this is a parallel Gemara to uh, Masechtas Tamid. You're going to see throughout the first few Prakam of Yuma, we're going to reference Masechtas Tamid very often. Why? Because when we describe what happened on Yom Kippur, half of what happened on Yom Kippur happened every single day. The Tamid Shashachar. So a lot of the halachas, they're going to overlap. So the Gemara asks like this. You're telling me, this mission on Yuma, that Alma Keteris Beresha First is the Kataris, and then is the Neris, right? That's what it said. A Makiris, a Kataris, That's the order of operations. So the Gemara asks, really? Or a man will ask you a stira, Tamid, Lamed, and Medbez. Misha, Zacha, whoever wins the raffle. We'll talk about the raffle soon. So there was this pious, if you won, so then you got the Bedisha, Mizbecha, Pnimi. Then the Mishnah continues, the Misha, Zacha, Bamanaira. And finally, in Daf, Lamed, Bez, and Medbez, it says Misha, Zacha, Bakhtaris. So assuming the Mishnahs are going in order, Ketiris is at the end, not umakteris ketiris and then umetivas aneiros. First the neiros, first the cleaning out the candles, and then the ketiris. Very simple question. So I'm Rav Huna, man tanatam, Rav Shimon Isha Mitzvahi, tzmach leikis tanam. Our Mishnah is a stam Mishnah of Yuma. That Mishnah of Tamid is the shita of Rav Shimon Ish Hamitzvah. So the verse is okay. Va'ibcha shamin We know that Rav Shimon Ish Hamitzvah does not hold of that. Why? Because this Mishnah, these Mishnahis in Tamid are what we call a Stam Mishnah. There's no author. It's an anonymous Mishnah. So typically throughout a Masechta, or at the very least throughout a Perak, usually it's a Masechta, you have to look through the Klali Hashas, there's one fellow who is the Stam Mishnah. You don't have a Stam Mishnah, we would just assume the Stam Mishnah of Mishnah Aleph is Rabbi Lezer. The Stam Mishnah of Mishnah Bezer, Rabbi Kiva, doesn't make sense. The Stam Mishnah, there would be a theme of who the Stam Mishnah is. Or, at the very least, this everyone agrees to, we know who it's not. If someone argues on the Stam Mishnah, then he can't be the Stam Mishnah in that Masechta, because he's arguing on the Stam Mishnah. So, if we find anywhere in Tamid, the Rabbi Shimon Ish HaMitzvah argues on a Stam Mishnah, then he can't be the author 
of a Stam Mishnah. Very simple. It's now went in a Mishnah and Tamid. So this has nothing to do with what we're learning, but the point is, we're getting into Rav Shimon Isha Mitzvah. So when they did the Zerik, when they sprinkled the Dam of the Tamash Shachar, you had to get it on all the corners. So the way they did it was like this. According to the Tanakhama, Bala Lekaren Mizrachat Tzvayna. So you go to the northeast corner, Venaisin Mizrachat Tzvayna. And you, you do the Nesina, you pour the blood on the corner and you get both the north and the east, right? There were four sides to the Mizbeach. When you go to the corner, you're hitting both. You're getting both sides because you're going at an angle. Then, Venaisin Mizrachat Tzvayna. And then you would go to the Bala Lekaren Mizrachat Tzvayna. Sorry. Then you go to Maravis Ramis, go to the southwest, and then you would pour it on the southwest. So far, so good. And that's a Stam Mishnah. There's an anonymous Mishnah. The Tani Allah, the Tesefta says on that, that Rab Shimon Mishana, he argued on the Stam Mishnah. He held that a tummit is different, but tummit. He said, first you go to Mizrach, it's fine, it's nice to Mizrach, it's fine. He agreed to the first part, go to the northeast, sprinkle on the northeast. But however, he says, by my rabbis, the rhymes, you go nice in my rabbis. First, you pour it on the west, and then, and then you pour it on the south. Meaning, don't pour it on the southwest corner. Why not? Tomorrow's daf. But either way, you see from here that Rab Shimon Isha Mitzvah cannot be the anonymous author of the pre of the Mishnah and Tamid, because he's arguing on the on the, on the Mishnah and Tamid. Who's the author of Yuma? Meaning, who's the star Mishnah? Of our parak in Yuma, it's of Shimon Ishamitzvah. Maybe of Shimon Ishamitzvah, we never heard it before. He is the author of these these Mishnais in Yuma. Simor so says, no, not going to work. Barami Seder Yuma, Seder Yuma. I'll bring you a stira with him in Sechtus Yuma itself. The time went in a Mishnah, Pius Hasheni, the second raffle. So there was a bunch of raffles there, so there was four, but the second one. The raffle would be me shaychet who shechts mizarek who sprinkles midashin mizbeach apnimi who cleans out the mizbeach apnimi me midashin nesamnara who clears the ash the clears the ash of the menorah me malei evarim la kevesh who brings the evarim on top of the kevesh and it keeps going then payishlishi it says chadoshin la ktaris boyu vaysifu as you mentioned before that the new people for the ktaris they would come and they would be included in the raffle you wouldn't have people previously so what do you see from here you see that first came the hatavas haneros first came the cleaning of the neros and then came the ktaris this contradicts what we just said we said makteres ktaris and then we said umeteves haneros so doesn't fit. So we're going to see on Daflama Gimel that there was two stages to clearing out the Menorah. Maybe we'll discuss why, but they would first do five, uh, five of the seven, and there were seven, uh, seven uh, candles, and then they would do two later. There would be a hefsik between the first five and the last two. So in between the first five and the last two was the Ketairas. Makes sense. So the mission that said that they first lit the, they first cleaned the candles, then brought the Ketairas, that's the first five. The mission said the Ketairas first, then the candles, talking about the last two. So in between you had that. Of course, that's really the memory of the Ketairas Mafsiklu. That Ketairas separates between the first five and the last two. Vahabaya, if you, if you say Karbanis, this should sound familiar. We're, we're going to skip two, two words in the Karbanis. We'll get back to it. Abaya would be the avoid that we did in the base of Mikdash. That was the Messiah, which everybody learned. And the way he set it up was that the Dama Tamid, 
of the uh, the shechitas atamna and zrikas dam is mafsiklu. That separates between the cleaning of the neiros and not uh, and not the uh, ketiras. So what's going on here? So I'm going to say like this: like Kasha, Abashal. The seder havaida was like Abashal. That's why if you look in your seder, it says Abaya have a masada seder maracha. What? I think he says Aliba da Abashal. Aliba da Abashal, right? Tomorrow morning. <laughs> You wake up early, right? Aliba Dabashal. So it's actually a kasha because we don't we don't go with it. Halacha Lamaisa seems to be off. So why why is that in the Siddur? Different time. So either way, that's going La Abashal. And that's the Seder Avad of Abaya. Baha, our Mishnah is La Rabbanon, the Tanamutan Brisa, Don't first clean the, the Neris and then do the haktara. Ela yaktir. First, the kain should do the haktara of achach yetif, and then you would clean out the sec, the last two of the of of the candles. So you see, it's five katiras and two. Avashalam or no metiv? Do all seven v'achach maktir, and then you would do the haktara of the katiras. So you see, Abai was going with Avashal. And our mission was going with the Chachamim. So the Gemara says, my time at Abishol, how does Abishol see the reasoning that you should do this? That first do all seven candles and then finally do the Ketiris. So, so the Gemara says, the, the Pasuk says like this. It says, So first it says, And then it says, And then it says, do the Ketiris. Very simple. What's the Torah trying to tell me? So it says like this: hatava While the kain gadol is, or the kain is cleaning the neiros, kataris should be burning already. How do they know that? If that's not how you read the pasuk, so there was kataris brought twice a day. If you look at your kabbonis from mincha, you have kataris there as well. In the afternoon, the pasuk says, so you want to tell me, Hachinami, Devaration Malik Neiris of Hadar Makta Ketaris Shabina Bain, that first they would light candles and then they would do the Ketaris? Mechitim Hachinami, but Tanya went to Nebraisa, the Pasik says, Yarech Oise Aaron Uvanov, May Erevad Biker, and there's a Drasha. Tell me, Dust, that a Menorah is different. Shadhe the Lekas Velechas Kalalalam Erevad Biker, that it's supposed to be lit throughout the entire night. Dover Acher, another Pshat, May Erevad Biker. That from evening until morning, only avoid that you do the entire night is lighting the candles. Read the way the Rishonim explained. The point is that you're supposed to light the candles as close to evening as possible, which would be the last thing done in the Beis Hamikdash in the Mishkan. So it seems like you would delay this as much as possible. So the same way I would I would I would delay this. When the Torah says it means be'idin hadlaka. While I'm lighting the candles, the guitar should have been brought already because I want to light the candles at the end. So the same when it comes to lighting the candles, you want the lighting the candles to be after the guitars are brought. So too, in the morning when they're cleaning the candles, it should be that when I'm cleaning the candles, the guitar should have been brought already. Brought already. That is the sheet of the Chachamim. However, Abishol Amalach no Shani Hasam. There the Chsivai says the Torah says Oisai, and specifically lighting the candles has to be the last thing of the of the night, uh, the last thing of the day, and therefore it makes sense that you want the Kataris to be brought previously. But cleaning out the candles, I think Shragzi made this look. What does cleaning out the candles have to do with lighting the candles? And therefore that is the Machlekes Abishol and Chachamim.
regarding the order of operation. But stay tuned, the Mitzvah tomorrow will go a little further into uh, what was going on and the order of operation and sprinkling of the blood. So we'll continue in Mitzvah Shem.